Hello and welcome into the second episode of Geek Garage Goes to the Movies. I'm, of course, one of the hosts, Ted White. I'm David, the uh, other host. That is David, the other host. You, I'm sure, recognize his voice predominantly from uh, the primary podcast, Geek Garage. As we explained last week, this is a new offshoot. We're not going to uh, go back over all that again. Nobody needs to hear all that spiel again. But right. if you are interested in why we did this, you can definitely check out the first episode. Yeah. Which was a retrospective over John Wick's one and John Wick two, John Wick chapter two, in preparation for the recently released John Wick chapter three, Parabellum, which yes. is a very verbose title. Right. I was about to say, I'm. Would it be a spoiler to say what Parabellum translates to? Because I mean, I, I think that's pretty common knowledge. I, I mean, I didn't know what Parabellum oh, translates okay. yeah. to, but I, like at first, I was like, "Oh yeah, it might be a spoiler." But I mean, anyone can go crack open a dictionary uh, or, or or type in Parabellum mm. meaning in in the Google machine. Yes. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Parabellum, of course, comes from a Latin phrase um, <clears throat> meaning uh, I can't remember the exact Latin for it, but it basically means if you want peace. It's, uh, prepare for war. Prepare for war. And pa- pa- prepare, prepare for war. <laughs> Parabellum, of course, is the prepare for prepare war. Prepare for the boogeyman to come, yeah. come and, and get uh, you. That is a very apt description of this movie because it yes. is a war on film, basically yeah. a one-man wrecking crew mm-hmm. that is John Wick. Hey, we can't discount Halle Berry just Hall- yet. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Right. We were fortunate enough, Dave and I were fortunate enough to go see this opening night with, mm-hmm. uh, with a good friend of mine, Luke. Yes, uh, thank shout you. Up, shout out yeah, to my thank buddy. Thank you, Luke. Um, unfortunately, we were kind of recording this on the fly. We talked about maybe having him on as a guest, but um, we just, we're just trying to get this banged out. And, um, yeah. While it's still topical. Yeah, schedule's not really lining up for that. Like I said, it's kind of on the fly. So uh, when 4 gets released, because I'm sure everybody that's on the internet knows this now, they announced mm-hmm. John Wick 4 is coming on May 20th or 21st of 2021. Right. Um, I will be there opening night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that, Luke, uh, when we do that episode in three years, two, two and a half years, you're on there. Yeah. I swear. Thanks again for having us. Yes, thank anyway, you. Um, let's, anyway, uh, let's get a show on the road. Yeah, for sure. thoughts yeah my opening thoughts of this movie are uh, I tweeted this within minutes of leaving the theater uh, this is the best action movie I've ever seen no it's terrible uh, you're, you're liar wrong. you're wrong and I hate you yes um, ha- having the benefit of some time passing I think I stand by that assessment I think mm-hmm. overall this is probably my favorite action movie um, best of course is a little more you know you can argue argue quality all day but mm-hmm. I think from an overall standpoint this is probably my top I would put the first 30 minutes of this movie up against any other 30 minutes or any action movie you want to throw out hands it. down and, it, and hands I think down. it holds up I uh, I'm sorry I was about to interject but I forgot that we were kind of in this phase where the no interruption phase that that yeah. worked really well in the Avengers podcast you did yeah <laughs> I let's not even go there. Let let's not live relive terrible <laughs> not terrible that. episodes. <laughs> um, but not, which is not to say the rest of the movie doesn't hold up. I just think that the way it starts, um, where the title, the title and the opening credits are only like maybe thirty or forty five seconds. Mm-hmm. I think that's the perfect length for this kind of movie because yeah. it's not you just boom you're in right you know, and then it starts. Um, I think the entire movie is very strong, definitely. Like I said, it's probably my favorite action movie that I've ever seen. Um, but those first 30 minutes are special. Mm-hmm. Special, special. Yeah. Uh, so what do, you, what do you think? Yeah, so I will uh, I will definitely agree with everything that you just said. I 
so you know how much of a fan I am and and my wife is and all of my friends are of BMCU and, and just mm. Marvel movies in general. Yeah. I felt more satisfied walking out of this movie for the first time than I did after watching um, Endgame. That's because this movie's good. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but that, sh- that should, you know, speak volumes No, but to- it, it does say a lot because, you know, we've had this discussion before and obviously the MCU is like this whole huge thing now. Yeah. The fact that you took, you know, you a self-avowed huge Marvel fan took more enjoyment out of this than you did out of Endgame. That's that and, speaks to how good this right. movie is. Right, and and that's not a slight on Endgame or the MCU at all. I, I'm just saying, like, it it also helps that this is. Um, I mean, yes, it is the third John Wick, but it's also um, injecting more fresh air into the John Wick franchise. Definitely, and plus, um, you know, the MCU has what like. 22 movies. I think, I think on it was 22. It? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it, it kind of has that going for it. So, yeah, overall, I thought. I thought it was fucking incredible. I, like I said, I echo what you said about the first 30 minutes, mm. it just being absolutely spectacular. Like something yeah. I've never witnessed or I, felt I, before. I think, yeah. I, so, I, the first 30 minutes, definitely. I would say the last 30 minutes, too. They, mm-hmm. they kind of sandwiched the movie really yeah, perfectly. Right. Now, again, the middle um, 70 or 75 minutes, still really good, still really strong. Right. Um, but just like I said, the, that first 30 minutes, we were watching it, you know, like I said, we went with my friend Luke, and uh, the whole, but we, we were just how, like, how we went on opening night yeah, was, that like, was like a, a gift. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Go, I'm sorry. Go. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, that's that's just another opportunity to thank your buddy be, uh, for, for getting us in. Because, oh, right. So um, originally, I think it was supposed to be, he had invited me. We talked about going for probably three weeks or a month beforehand. Right. Um, we even made the joke on the first podcast, like, I was an asshole because you weren't going to go. All right. Um, yeah. I, I think, I don't know if, like, um, uh, I'm not sure who the third person was, maybe uh, maybe his old lady mm-hmm. or, uh, or another one of his friends, but... Something came up where we had that ticket available. Uh, it was just kind of serendipitous, so we, yeah. we all got to go. Um, but I remember just all, all of us sitting there being like, holy shit, and you know, the whole theater is going bonkers. Right, you know and, I mean? and it wasn't even like a packed theater like at all. No, I, like, I mean, it was maybe, even, maybe 75% full. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but I've never been in an action movie like that. I mean, aside from, aside from Marvel. Right. Where, where people felt the need to, like, applaud. Right. Uh, and normally when I go to the movies and that stuff happens, I'm like, oh, this is so forced and corny. But I, I guess that makes me, like, a piece of shit. Because I was in there the whole time just like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get them. Right. And I, we don't want to get too into spoilers here in these first few minutes. Um, but, I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that it's an action movie. There's a lot of bad shit in the same action sequences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, just imagine John Wick one and John Wick two, and, uh, and you th- can those movies got together and did like an eight ball, right? And then you have John Wick three. Yes, that's what happened, right? Uh, but no, I I thought the pacing was great um, overall. Uh, I there wasn't a point in the movie where I thought it, it was kind of dragging, or I was like, oh, like come on, get on with it. Mm. Like for the most part, uh, you you might differ yeah, a little we'll, bit. We'll but, talk a little bit more about that as yeah. we come on, but for the opening stuff. Like I said, we don't want to get too into spoiler spoilers right now. Right. Um, I would say that starting now, though, if you haven't seen the movie yet, turn the podcast off because we're gonna yeah. we're gonna discuss some of the big big events. In yeah, the film. we're yeah we're still kind of um, I'm still trying to wrap up my my overall thoughts and feelings, and uh, we meant to mention this before mm-hmm. that you know our, our overall thoughts and feelings were gonna be spoiler free. Right. Uh, but yeah, once we get into you know the the nitty gritty, we're we're definitely going to get into spoilers. So mm. yeah, just definitely keep that in mind if you know if you don't want to spoil it for you. Uh, but yeah, um, I I thought that uh, uh, how and we kind of discussed uh, this a little bit um, the other day how uh, how they don't. Um, expand on the this whole universe uh you know how they didn't shoot their load like right away right uh they you know it, it gives them yeah it gives them breathing room to expand you know the john wick universe and, right. and you know the the assassins organization the, the mythology yeah you might say. yeah uh it, it definitely left um left these movies room to grow mm-hmm. and and make it believable 
at the same time. Right. Um, because, you know, there's there's some... I feel like some movies kind of do, do that on purpose, and you can tell when it thinks it's being cute... And it's like, hey, we we left a room in in here to to make an excuse for this and blah blah blah, and you're just you're just not buying yeah, it. Yeah, a, a lot of films like set themselves up where if they have to, if if the writers or the studio whoever decides if there's a sequel and we want to expand, right? Like they have to retcon a little bit. Yeah, you know, they have to be like, oh no 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 no, gotcha. You yeah. know, um, that's one of the things I love about this series is that like it starts out. We talked a little bit about this on the last podcast, where it's the first John Wick is pretty self-contained, mm-hmm. right? And then it's like, okay, it builds upon that in two in a very logical way where, okay, okay, um, you know, D'Antonio comes and he's like, oh, John Wick's out of retirement now, so I can pull out this marker. Right. You know, it builds in a very logical way, and then that movie builds upon itself for the, you know, two, two hours or so that it runs. And then this one, of course, picks up... Um, like 45 minutes or so after yeah. two ends chronologically. So um, it does it, but like I said, it does it in a very, it's not a stilted way. Like it makes sense. It's very easy mm-hmm. to follow what happens, why, why we're at this point. Now you can make the argument like, okay, this started and it's kind of an in joke in the movie itself. It's one of the trailer lines that made it to the film. It's like all this because of a puppy, right? You know, it's kind of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge moment, but I mean, it's, it makes sense how it got to this point in yeah. a really shitty way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, um, so, uh, yeah, one of the things I was uh, uh, kind of in that in that same right as giving giving the movies room to grow and and expand on the uh, on its own universe is uh, the the mixing up of the mixed martial arts. Uh, how you know there, there was obviously in in John Wick one and, and chapter two there was a definitely some some different you know mixed martial arts uh, uh, thrown in but you know he was for the most part he was kind of fighting all you know Russian right. bad guys uh, but here you had um, you know he was in Casablanca he was uh, in New York um, in um, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know if it was technically Chinatown or... Um, I think a lot of the New York scenes are supposed to take place in, in Manhattan. Right. On Manhattan. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if it's like Chinatown specifically, although you definitely see a lot of like... Um, he runs past like the noodle shop. Right. Um, yeah. But the, but either way, he's, he's faced up against, you know, several different... Um, you know, adversaries, if you will, from different backgrounds, right. I think which the, the, forces him to to incorporate different fighting styles. Right, and he has to react and, and use different fighting styles to kind of right. their different fighting styles, yeah. Yeah, which I really liked about, about yeah, this so, movie. Um, I'm definitely not a martial artist. I'm definitely not a martial arts expert. Me neither. Um, I do know, based on reading some interviews as well as just knowing a little bit, um... And again, I think from here on out, we're going to start getting into some spoiler stuff. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the movie yet, number one, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Right. Uh, number two, stop right now. Go see it as soon as possible. Then come back and listen to it so we can all geek out over it together. Exactly. Um, but back to the martial arts. Like the first group, um, the first group of assassins, I believe, are supposed to be like triads. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, they all run out of the noodle house, or at least a large group of them run out of the noodle house that he walks past. Right. Um, that is that looks a lot like what you might consider Chinatown. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so so they're using, you know, different Chinese martial arts, and he's countering it with like, um, Aikido, and and um, he uses a lot of like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu style grappling. Yeah. Uh, grappling maneuvers like the arm uh, arm locks and. He, he tries to put a triangle choke on somebody, but I, I can't remember exactly how that comes about. But yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. And even the director he stabs a motherfucker in the eye. Yeah, <laughs> which funnily enough, that scene is not in the script like that. So the scene where he gets that that fight scene, which is maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie, where they're mm-hmm. in the antique store. Yeah, and we'll kind of circle back to it. But that the eye stab is actually not scripted that way. Um, that came about because Keanu Reeves and the actor in that scene, Tiger Hu Chen, mm-hmm. um, 
have a bit of a history together. They worked together on The Matrix. Okay. Um, they were also in a movie that Keanu did called uh, Man of Tai Chi. So they have they have a working relationship. Of course, the director, Chad Selesky, was also Keanu's stunt double as well as the martial arts coordinator on all three Matrix movies. So right. he knows both of them very well, obviously, as well. Um, and I guess when they were sort of blocking that out and setting up how they're going to shoot it, he was like, what if we just stab him in the fucking eye? <laughs> <laughs> and they were all just like, yeah, f- yeah, fuck yeah, yes. why don't we do that? <laughs> yeah, stab him in the eye. Um, and that got one of the more visceral reactions out of our theater yes. when we saw it. Um, because while the movies have been violent, definitely, mm-hmm. that was like one of the more gruesome scenes. Yeah, uh, I will say that 3 overall definitely amps up the... Uh, the gore factor. Yeah, I was gonna say like the explicity, uh, like the explicitness of the violence. Right. Um, like there's the eye stab we're talking about. There's a couple of the guys head who, stab. The, the guys get stabbed that, in the skull. Right. Like sixty seconds before that. Right. Yeah. Uh, the hatchet to the head that ends that scene. Oh yeah. Um, there, there's just so many gruesome stabbings just within that scene. Um, like I said, I think that, and that happens within the first, you know, 20 minutes of the movie. That, yes, that, very that scene early where on. they're in the antique store, because mm-hmm. he's running. The, the, and that know. single fucking gunshot. Where oh, man. that is together that gun. That is a perfect nod. I was, thank you for bringing that up. That's a perfect nod to the good, the bad, and the ugly, where Tuco okay. does the same thing. He, um, um, that Eli Wallach's character, Tuco, in the good, the bad, and the ugly, he's raining like a gun store in, in this old west town. Mm-hmm. And to get a gun that he wants, he just basically takes all of them apart and, and like, cobbles one, Frankenstein's one together. Okay. Which Wick does basically the same thing. Gets one bullet in, spins it, boom! One shot's the guy that's busting the door. And I, yeah. That was one of the, Everybody in the theater was like, fuck yeah! Right. <laughs> that's, that's what pretty much set everything off yeah. Uh, in, yeah, yeah. in the movie. I, I, I mean, aside from taking down, like, Big Ben and the... Uh, in the library, I mean, Ben wasn't his Oh, yeah, that's uh, uh, Ernest, yeah. uh, played by uh, Bobin Majanovic. Uh, he's, the, he's the backup center for the Philadelphia 76ers. So when I saw him, I was like, is that fucking Bobin? <laughs> sure as shit it was. Backup what? Uh, center oh, for okay. the Philadelphia 76ers, the okay. NBA team. Yeah, yeah, that that dude is a, yeah. a large dude. Yeah, he's he's seven. He's over seven feet tall. Um, and Which is interesting because like it shows that it's just another guy of a different size that Wick can fight because, mm-hmm. you know, he, all the Russian guys were roughly his size in the first one. Right. There's a little bit of variety, but like he and Common are about the same size. Yeah. Um, so in this one, there's a huge variety. Like it goes from uh, the character of Ernest played by Bowman, who's like seven feet plus, down to the Shinobis, who are the um, basically numbers one and two to zero, who is the main like big bad. Yeah. Uh, those guys are both. Five one five two. They're very uh, short. Yes, shorter um, than me. Com- comparable to like Keanu, at least. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so that was really cool. But just when the whole antique store is, mm-hmm. is maybe my favorite sequence when they're like he's trying to wrestle the guns away from him, and they both stop and look and realize that they're in a, uh, surrounded by knives. Yeah. And they just start breaking out the glass and yeah, throwing yeah. knives at one another, and like some of them are hitting, some of them are bouncing off because right. they take the wrong angle. And then he's just fucking like, doom, 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 like hits that one guy with like five of them in a couple of seconds. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, the the fact that knives were bouncing off of each other was definitely something that I picked up more on on the second viewing, and mm. I think adds to the authenticity of, oh, of that 100% scene. Oh, I hundred percent agree. Yeah. Uh, because if I mean, I don't know if it was uh, if it was shot like that, and the, those parts were kept in there uh, to to add to the, the feeling like. You know, yeah, they're not perfect marksmen, and it, it's in the heat of the moment, so, you know, not every single knife that they throw is going to, you know, hit its target. Uh, so the fact that some were bouncing off, um, it, it didn't even hit me as like, oh, well, that's like a, you know, a, a goof or whatever. It, it To me, it added to, like I said, the authenticity. No, I agree 100%, because you can't assume, like, Everything you do is going to be 100% right all the time. Right. And I've seen a ton of movies, and I can't, off the top of my head, think of one that showed it like that. Generally, if you see a movie, especially about, like, a super assassin like Wick, everything they do is 100% perfect. Like, like, you know, they always hit their shot every time. They always, the knife always lodges exactly where it's supposed to. 
and on these, you know, they're throwing them. It, it's so, it like, it adds to it feeling hectic because they're like, oh shit, you know, this is life or death. So your, your adrenaline's running a thousand miles an hour. Right. And then like, you know, like you said, it adds to the kind of realism about it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like at the end of that where we talked about the knife to the eye and then he looks, he's getting ready to walk out and the guy's like, oh, and pulling the knife out of his chest. He picks up the fucking tomahawk. Right. And just like, like right to his skull with it. Yeah, uh, that got a big cheer out of the out of the crowd too. Right. But uh, I think from that, and then I believe right after that it goes into the stables. That sequence yeah. is probably my favorite of the film. Um, Death by horse kick. Yeah, that that was that's, fucking. That's insane. the way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a really funny thing about that is, um, so the director, I, I read an interview for, um, I can't remember, I wish I could remember what publication this was with, that he did this interview, but he said... 17. You know, yes. <laughs> it was actually Us Weekly. Right. Thank you. Um, the Inquirer. <laughs> yes. Uh, he, uh, he gave this interview where he said, you know, before we even had the script, I had the idea for Keanu on horseback because I knew he could, I knew he could ride horses. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, okay, what a, what a great scene it would be. Like, he's escaping Manhattan riding a horse out yeah you know so he said we're taking a i'm in i'm in central park taking a tour and um i asked the tour guy like where do you keep the horses and we go over and i'm expecting the stables to be like stables you know yeah. I mean? like regular stables that you would see wherever he was like no these were like this was this was like a five-story apartment building these mm-hmm. stables did so the second we got there i was like we're shooting here <laughs> <laughs> and uh he goes and he talks about you know looking through and, and speaking with the horse um, I guess like trainers or, or stable stable hands or what have you. Yeah. And they're explaining like what the horses can do and they're like, oh, they can kick on command. And it's like, show me. <laughs> right. It was just like light bulbs go off. Yeah. Um, and man. Whew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some motherfuckers got kicked in those scenes. Yeah. Um, where he fucking kicks the dude so hard that he like goes into the, like puts a hole in the wall basically. Yeah. Um, and Stileski further talked about having been kicked by a horse on set, not for this movie, but for a previous movie. Mm-hmm. He was like, luckily it caught me like in the shoulder. Oh, yeah. He's like, but man, it fucked me up. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, that's legit. Horse kicks are serious shit. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I, I can't imagine being able to really walk away from any sort of uh, horse kick injury. Right. I, I, I'm like, I, I, it just... Uh, isn't fathomable to me. Like, uh, yeah, I. That's that's why I I, I stay away from horses. Uh, right. They're they're beautiful, magnificent creatures. They will kill you dead if you fuck with them wrong. <laughs> right. Um. Uh. Which is why I, I I stick to my dogs. I mean, they they will kill you dead if you do them wrong. But and we'll, uh, we'll get to that. But but they're also good boys. Yes. Even the ones that kill you dead if you're a bad person in John Wick Three. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, which. Uh, John Wick 3 does feature a couple of very good boys that we'll yes. get to. Yes. Well, uh, one, you know, we mentioned the nod to The Good and Bad and the Ugly. There's actually a few different nods to different films that, that I picked up. None of which this. I picked up. So I'm. Uh, that that, I'm that says either something hear. very poorly about you or very poorly about me. I'm not sure which. Well, uh, split the difference? Right. <laughs> Would come out even. Yeah. Um, in the first few minutes where he's running through New York. And mm-hmm. before the excommunicado has yeah. taken effect, um, it keeps cutting back between, of course, him running, um, trying to get his affairs in order and get a few different things. Right. And then it cuts back to the Continental, um, or at least I think they're part of the Continental, like the administrative unit that you see a little bit in WIC 1 and WIC 2. That yeah, the I don't know if it's stuff. ever established where the uh, the administration is located. Yeah, so maybe I just assume they were in the Continental because you see them a lot around continental scenes, but I don't, it, it never shows them explicitly as being in the continental because they're right. always like called. Somebody always calls them, but uh, regardless it goes to her and, or I'm sorry, it goes, it cuts back to the administration team and um, the lady that is making all the announcements like John Wick excommunicado in X minutes. Yeah. Uh, that reminded me a lot of the warriors from 79, I think it was hmm. um, where the, the, the gang, the warriors, are on the run trying to make it back to their home turf. Okay. And throughout the movie, as they go through different parts of New York and they're accosted by different gangs, it cuts to um, a woman in silhouette, like a radio DJ. And basically, she's talking on the radio about, oh, the warriors made it past whatever gang, and now they're moving on to this. 
you only have so much time before they make it back. Right. I don't know that it was like an explicit nod that they they wrote it that way. It just is what it reminded me of, which okay. I thought was really cool because I love the Warriors, which um, is a very good B movie. Yeah, I'll talk about a couple of my favorite scenes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there really wasn't an action sequence or action scene that I didn't like. Uh, there were certainly levels, uh, but uh, like. So, for instance, the 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 main um, action sequence in, in Casablanca uh, with with Halle Berry when you know uh, the, where they're in like the courtyard, yeah, of sorts, yeah, yeah. that wh- wherever that is, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're just taking down dudes left and right. Uh, that was pretty damn incredible, but it it didn't necessarily feel like more of the same because. It obviously wasn't. It you know John Wick had help plus two dogs. Very good boys. Uh, yes, very good boys. Uh, but uh, it it did kind of feel like you know a, a throwback to the the traditional just group fight insanity that that mm. we've come accustomed to with with the John Wick films. Right. Uh, so it, that it, it kind of had that going for it of you know like. It not necessarily separating itself completely as as one hundred percent brand new. Like like I said, you know, it it still has plenty going for it um, as as something new um, and something to set it apart. But just for me, it was I don't know. Um, it it kind of felt like it was tied into to more of the same, uh, but. What the fuck do I know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm I'm just I'm just some guy. Right. No, I really like that scene a lot as well. Um, you had, you were actually pointed out one of the takes in that is 28 or 30 seconds. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, 28 seconds. Yeah. I, I counted. Um, uh, plus or minus uh, mm-hmm. a second or two. Right. But, it follows Halle Berry. Yeah. Um, who plays Sophia as, as she goes through and, and takes out a few guys. Like a fucking badass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually remember thinking to myself, like, as I'm watching this, I may have said this out loud. I was just like, I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, she's, uh, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Halle Berry is one of my first crushes and will probably be a lifetime crush. She is amazing. She's pretty great. Yeah, pretty great. Amazing in every way imaginable. Yes. Uh, very talented and very beautiful. But, right. Um, what I like about that is it's not like an ex- a super long take, so it's not like one of these really extravagant, like, oh, this take is five minutes long and it's action-packed. Like, it's only about 30 seconds, like we talked about, but it's legitimately action-packed. You know, the camera never stops moving for right. the entire duration of it. Something's always going on, which is just a testament to the skill and the planning that went into this, because obviously the choreography is next level. It's a John Wick film. Right. You know, um, which... To me, we talked about this a little bit off, you know, before we started recording. That I would rather a really, really solid thirty-second long take than um like an okay five-minute take. You know, Um, I think a lot of the long takes that get ballied about are kind of some of them are really good, like the the uh, hallway fight in Old Boy. Yeah, the original good Old Boy. Right, Uh, that one deserves all the hype. But there are some other ones that I'm just like, okay, I mean, this could have been like two or three easy cuts and it would have been just as good or maybe better. Sure. Um, it just seems kind of like you're, it's like masturbatory almost. Yeah, you know? yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, not to not to kind of go back to the... Uh, the knife, uh, knife scene at, or the the scene at the the knife and gun shop um, at the at the beginning, but um, I I did have a, a you know a couple quick notes um, mm-hmm. jotted down about that how uh um well maybe I didn't uh yeah it basically just how it's. How my favorite, uh, my favorite scenes. It's either a, it's a tie between either that scene or uh, the the administrative suite um, at the the very end. That the, the the huge like glass room. Right. Yeah. The 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 
long sequence of him basically having fighting both figurative and literal levels yeah. uh, of of uh, you know bosses or mm. you know whatever you want to call them where you know he has the first level where he basically has his ass handed to him because you know he goes from firing close range uh, with you know a fucking uh, tactical armor piercing shotgun <laughs> to having to fight uh, you know Japanese swordsmen. And so, uh, so yeah, he, he has his ass handed to him, um, through numerous, uh, panes of glass. Mm. Um, but you know, he obviously ends up coming out on top. Right. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of go back and forth, but I I think just out of the, the artistic level, um, and the, the amount of, uh, of thought and planning and and everything that went in, I can imagine went into, you know, building that set and filming that sequence. Mm. Um, I I probably have to give it, you know, my, my, my favorite, my, my gold medal. I I like that scene a lot as well. Um, it's got, I, I'm not going to, attempt to pronounce their names because I'm afraid that I'm going to do it uh, incorrectly and I, I yeah. don't want to do those guys injustice but because uh, they were amazing they are they're they're both um they were in the raid films which yeah. I know you haven't seen those are on our watch list the, yeah it's, it's definitely on my uh um, it's not uh, it, it the, should be the on the first Netflix. raid is on Netflix okay um I have both of them on blu-ray so I might we'll fucking just them. check that out tonight yeah, dude it's 100% worth it it's yeah. basically like um uh, imagine John Wick, but Indonesian. Okay. Uh, I believe I believe the movie is Indonesian. I okay. It's an Indonesian production. But anyway, um, so uh, both of those guys, their 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 characters called Shinobi One and Two. They're basically like I said earlier, um, Mark Dacascos who plays Zero. They're basically like his numbers one and two henchmen. Okay. Um, his his characters is called Zero. Yeah, I don't know if he's ever named in the film, but um, that's who, that's what he's credited as. Okay. Um, I, I can't recall if he's ever. I, I don't named. think so. I don't so. think he is, but his character is named Zero. That's what it's credited as. You, you could you could uh, label him as John Wick's number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because um, he makes that apparent. Uh, uh, yeah, there, there's a great scene where he's just like, on man, the couch. That's what, that makes you special. It's great to meet you, and he, he sets him with him on the couch in the continental, right. and he's just like. He, he just has, like, 15 demeanor changes within, mm-hmm. like, three minutes. And and we're kind of stepping on what we were talking about with the final sort of big fight right. scenes. But we'll come back to that. Yeah. Just because I love this character, the Zero character, so much. Because it would have been so easy to make him just, like, generic, yeah. um, you know, Japanese martial arts character number four. Right. Where, like, he's stoic and silent i mean like we've seen that ten thousand times yeah and while that's cool and i love martial arts movies and, uh, and you know but characters they like de- that they but decided like, to make him dynamic right yeah and he's way more interesting as a character because yeah. of that so like he goes from being when, when he's first introduced he's running a sushi stand somewhere mm-hmm. in manhattan he's got like um j-pop playing um you know it's a it's a basic sushi stand mm-hmm. you know and He's very kind of stoic when the adjudicator character says, basically, we want you to kill John Wick. Yeah. He says the line, I have served, I will be of service, which is a recurring line throughout the film with regards to the high table. Um, And then his people go to fucking work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like fucking champs. Right. They take out out everyone at that ballet uh, studio uh, like... A hot knife like to fucking butt. Right. Yeah. Um, they're just running roughshod over everybody. Um, but yeah, like you said, he's got a lot of demeanor changes. So he goes from being like the badass to fanboying. Right. Meeting John Wick. Yeah. He's just like, Essentially, man, I yeah. Gotta, I got to be honest. I, I love you, man. You're my right. you're And the you best. have not disappointed. You have not disappointed, man. <laughs> um, you know, he's so he's kind of, he's funny, but he's not like comic relief. Right. You know, he's, exactly. not, he's not played as an idiot. Like yeah, for comedy. Yeah, um, he's a badass, but he's got some range, mm-hmm. you know. And like I said, I, I love Mark Cascos who plays him. He's not a super well-known actor. Um, he's he's done a lot of different stuff. He was, I think, probably what the most people would have seen. Uh, he had a recurring character on the Hawaii Five O reboot. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I never really watched that either. 
Um, but I would say, you know, that was a network show. So I would say probably a lot of people would recognize him from that. But he's been on a lot of different stuff. Okay. And he's done like uh, stunt choreography for a lot of different stuff as well. But yeah, um, he just seems like a good guy in real yeah. life, as yeah, they say. Sure. So um, I've, I've been a big fan of his for a while. But um, his character in this is great. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of funny lines. But again, it never it never crosses over into that comic relief territory yeah it, it never ever comes out uh, comes off as like corny or over the top or uh, eye rolly like uh, right. come on like uh, just forced overall right, like right. You, you never feel like they're they're trying to make you laugh or break up tension mm-hmm. um which is something that i cannot handle in in, in serious movies and when, yet you like the marvel universe <sighs> I, I like a lot of things and I forgive a lot of things. <laughs> uh, may, uh, it, it's something that I'm, I'm kind of going through right now as far as uh, being less forgiving. I don't know. Who knows what the future holds, right. Ted? But uh, I, did, I did love his character. And, mm-hmm. and anyway, back to the kind of final fight sequences. Yeah. Um, both of those guys from the Raid films, they tag up and basically beat the piss out of John Wick. Right. But they do so in a, in a really interesting way where a little bit before this, a couple of scenes before this, Zero has said, you know, you, you die by my blade alone. No mm-hmm. one else kills you. Right. So these guys are more or less toying with Wick. Like, they're yeah. beating the shit out of him, but they know they're not going to kill him because their their master has said he dies by my hand. Right. Um, but, and, the, and there's also some some obvious reverence there, too. Right. Like, like letting him uh, get all the way, stand all the way back up right. before, like, attacking him instead mm-hmm. of, like, getting cheap shots. Like, exactly. I thought that was a really nice touch. Right. And, uh, and, and you pointed out that uh, one particular instance of that happened to be... Um, uh, I don't know what do you call it? blooper or, or mm. uh, like a, a little slip up quite literally right. and they just uh, left it in. Yeah. One of the times they, they kick him through one of the display cases. And so in the script, he's Keanu's supposed to just jump right back up. We're supposed to just jump right back up. Right. Um, but he slipped in, in real life. Keanu right. slipped on one of the shards of sugar glass mm-hmm. and uh, played it off for a really good comedic beat where he like catches himself and they look like they're going to move to help him. And he holds up his hands. He's like, no, 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 no. Right. And he gets up a little slowly, which, you know, if I had seen that, if, if I were on set and I'd seen that, I'd be like, Oh, that's kind of funny. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, that fits the fight perfectly. Yeah. Absolutely. Because like at this point in the movie, he's had the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. You know, He's catching his breath. They even mentioned they're like he's he was retired for five years. He's yeah. he's older, but he's you know, still John. But Wick. he's still John Wick, exactly. Right. Um, you were talking about they seem to have kind of a reverence for him. There's yeah. even that one spot where they knock him down. and They're like, oh, it's an honor to meet you, Mister Wick. You, you know, yeah. The and same then, as and zero. Then they said. help him up. And then they help yeah. him up, and they they're like, okay, are you ready? And they yeah. get ready, and then they fire on it. It's fucking glorious. Yeah, just <laughs> just all all those just. Little minute details like that thrown in, and the big things, um, and just the choreography and everything helps make that like, like I said, now my favorite, mm. my favorite action sequence uh, of the movie. Right. Um, that sequence where he's ascending the stairs, like you said, to both literal and figurative levels. Mm-hmm. That's another nod uh, to Game of Death, okay. a Bruce Lee film. Because he does the same thing where he walks up to the next level. Hmm. Um, um, there's also the famous fight in that with Bruce Lee and Wilt Chamberlain, which is sort of a nut, which is sort of alluded to in the beginning of Wick, where he fights Bobon, who plays Ernest, who's sure. uh, there's a huge height differential there. Yeah, yeah. Um, as well, so there's a couple nods to Game of Death there. Like I said, there's a lot of really good nods to other like progenitors of this type of movie that I didn't pick up on some well, piece of shit. And I haven't seen a whole lot of martial arts movies. You're not necessarily a piece of shit, dude. I, I'm a fucking martial arts geek. Mm-hmm. All right. Like I will watch bad martial arts dubs just because I need my fix. All right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I definitely, I need you to make me a list of, of stuff. I mean, I, I know I've had the raid on my Netflix queue for quite some time. So, I'll uh, I'll definitely be be checking that out. Um, so we've we've kind of gushed over this for for about forty minutes or so, um, give or take. Uh, you want to kind of glaze over one or two things that we weren't huge fans of, and I think we 
we, we at least have there's one There's at least one com- we agree on. Yeah, yeah. The, there's one common denominator between us that, that, that we agree on. So as much as I love this movie, it's not perfect. No mm-hmm. movie is. Nope. There are really three things about it that I personally think could have been better. First two are relatively minor. The third one is a bigger part of it. So the first, um, I can't remember the actor's name, but he plays um, Sophia's boss that they go see in Morocco, or former boss that they go see in Morocco. Um, he was also on, that, that actor was also on Game of Thrones. Yeah, he was Braun in right. Game of Thrones. Um, not not Bran, Braun. Right. Um, the guy I, that wants his castle. That, right. that, spoiler alert, got his castle. <laughs> he just shows up at the fucking end, and he's like, hey, I'm here. Remember me? <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, you weren't even in the craziest battle episode of the entire series. Yeah. Um, his Italian accent, at least I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be an Italian accent, is, is fucking bad. I, I didn't even know what accent yeah, he was trying to do. It was not do. good. Um, but, I, I mean, I it, it didn't bother me uh, a whole lot. Like... I, I, I guess maybe because I didn't know what accent right. he was trying well, to do. It didn't take me out of the movie. Like I, I'm not saying like the movie right. sucks because of this. Yeah, it's just one of those things where I was like, mm, in the movie that's this could, good, that could be better. Could have been better. Yeah, yeah. I think this movie is maybe five minutes too long. Okay. Um, I think some of the stuff in Morocco, not the fight scene that we talked about with um, Halle Berry in there in the courtyard that, mm-hmm. that we both really liked, um, but I think you could probably cut a couple minutes out of it. Um, you could probably cut a couple other minutes out of the rest of it. So I think maybe it's about five minutes too long. Yeah, I, I don't know if you necessarily need uh, the um, the back alley sequence of those guys trying to jump him before he can get uh, safely delivered to Halle Berry's character. Mm. I, I don't know if you necessarily need that. I mean, I didn't mind it, but... It's I, not bad. It's just... If you're looking to cut fat, I'd say that's definitely right. a place to... Um, it's, I mean, kind of, it's kind of a cool little scene, but at the same time, it's like... Right. It, it we've kind of seen something else that's better than this, yeah. both both prior to it and also we'll see something that's holding this after it. So I, I think we yeah. could have maybe done without it. Right. The last one, um, Asia Kate Dillon, I believe, I believe it's spelled Asia. Mm-hmm. I believe it's pronounced Asia Kate Dillon. So sorry, Asia, if uh, we're not saying Right, if we're not saying the name correctly, our, our apologies. I'm not a big fan of that portrayal of the adjudicator. Yeah, um, we 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 kind of discussed this, and I I kind of came up with a solution that it should have been played by Carrie Ann Moss. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like she would have been able to portray, especially with her portrayal of, and I meant to look up her uh, her character's name, and um, she she plays the reoccurring role. And Daredevil and Iron Fist and all the other um, Netflix Marvel shows as as that head lawyer, um, but I, I feel like just her her overall demeanor and and not necessarily how she gets typecast, but just the ability uh, of uh, that she has to play that stern um, stern right. character. So I wasn't super familiar with uh, Kate Dillon as. As an actor prior to this, mm-hmm. I know that they had been in Orange is the New Black, which I never really got into, as well as they are on a show called Billions Now, which is on Showtime, which, again, I've not seen, but is apparently very, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so, haven't heard of it. Not super familiar with their work. I don't have anything against the way they played the adjudicator necessarily, and I think that they played as it was written, so... You know, you mentioned sort of a, a very silent, powerful, right? You know, um, yeah. I I, did, I didn't have confident, right? right. I, I didn't have a whole lot of issues with like the character in general. Right. I, I mean, like she was kind of a neat character, um, and, and a very different demeanor than a lot of uh, other characters that we've mm. met thus far. But it yeah. just it's, it's it seemed like their portrayal kind of went from. Super stoic, like you need to fear me. To some of the facial expressions um, and line delivery, mm-hmm. kind of vacillated between like, like I said, like the super quiet badass. Like you need to fear me because of who I represent and who I work for. Right. Some of them came off as kind of corny, mm-hmm. almost um, like. 
where they're having the parlay at the end with Winston right after that. And the character says, or I'm sorry, during the parlay. And they're kind of, this kind of look comes over the face and they're like, oh, this was, you were playing from position to strength. And like that line isn't bad, but I think the way it was delivered, again, it I wasn't, wasn't a huge great. fan of the I, I, I'm glad yeah. that you mentioned something uh, about that because I thought it was just dumb. I was like, wait, <laughs> did I miss something? Because that line seems either like too early, too late, or out of place. Um, and, so so I'm glad that you said something about that particular line because I was like, wait a second. Right, like I said, I, I, I agree. I think a different, like I think we agreed Carrie Ann Moss would have been great for that. And it would have mm -hmm. also been another nice little nod to the Matrix, which this series and this movie in particular right. are full of. Yeah, um, I mean it would have been brought back the, uh, brought back the, you know, the... The, the Holy Trinity, you know, Morpheus, Neo, and... Uh, Ta -ta. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, um, that, that said, I, I think, really, what about the material I was not a huge fan of? It's like I said, just... just it, it seemed like they were trying to do too much with it, where it started as sort of, like I said, the stoic badass fear sure. me, and then it kind of got a little more into the... I don't know, I... There were a couple of times, like like the one I mentioned in the parlor, where I did not take a character seriously. I was like, I yeah. do not care who you work for. You were not intimidating at all. Right. That said, the adjudicator's, um, I guess, like clothing and appearance and everything, I mm -hmm. thought was was great. Yeah. Um, it was very different from the rest of the characters. Um, I thought that worked really well. Like some of the line readings, I was like, mm, I feel like a better, a, a different person could do this in a better way. Yeah. Or if if maybe they had done another take. This could have been mm -hmm. sealed differently. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like I said, that's that's the most major, I guess, complaint I have, and it's still fairly. I don't think it's a huge one necessarily. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'll agree. Uh, it's it's definitely not enough for me to knock this movie down a peg or a, at all. Right. Uh, it's it, it, yeah, like it's to me, this is still like a nine point seven five out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I. I, I feel like we could we could gush about this movie for for hours. I mean, we could just go through like pull up the script and and, and kind of just line go by line. Like, this yeah. was awesome. Right. This, this was, was awesome. awesome. This was awesome. This was the best part. No, this was the best part. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for the the sake of brevity and and just not doing that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think we'll. Um, yeah, we'll refrain refrain from doing that so yeah so um so i, I think we kind of covered every like a lot of the main points in the movie we wanted to talk about right in terms of the script and the movie itself um i know we did a little bit of the bare minimum of looking at uh, different facts and things that i picked up uh, or that you or i might have picked up watching the movie what do you think the budget for this was if you had to guess what do you think it would be Let's see. So we said the first one was 20, 20 and the then was 40. 40. Mm. Um, I'm going to say 50. north of 90. You are not close. Uh, as in I'm... You're way over. Way over. Way over. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, 60. You're still over. You're a lot closer. 50? 55. Wow. This movie was made for $55 million. Wow. Think about that. Um, now, that's still an absurd amount of money for you know the average person to conceive. But for yeah. a movie of this scale, right. that's pennies, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a little over double what John Wick 1 cost to make. Mm -hmm. um, we The number we use is 20. I saw a few different numbers between 20 and 30. Um, but even if you consider it to be 25, we'll split the difference. Um, that's still a little over double what John Wick 1 was. Right. Uh, 2 was about 40 million, like we talked about. Mm -hmm. So it's only 15 million more dollars. And you got 30% more action, at least. Yeah. And different scenes and, and globe trotting. So the. That's insane to me. So it basically made its production budget back in the first weekend because it, it banked about $56 million opening weekend. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Um, the first movie to dethrone Endgame. Yes. John Wick killed Thanos. Yeah. That That's is... my official headcanon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is definitely worth noting that 
um, John Wick was the one that that knocked uh, Endgame out of place. Now, granted, I don't want all the all the MCU fanboys and and fangirls coming after us. Obviously, Endgame is going gangbusters and making oodles and oodles of money that, right. that all three John Wick movies put together can't compete with. Mm-hmm. But it's still noteworthy that this is the mm-hmm. first movie because. Detective Pikachu came out the week before, and and yeah. I think it did fairly well, but it, yeah. Endgame still was going strong. Right. Just a neat little thing. We talked a little, or I mentioned the opening weekend of about $56 million for this movie, a little over $56 million. Mm-hmm. That is double what John Wick 2 opened to, mm-hmm. opening weekend, and about four times what John Wick 1 opened at. Um, so John Wick 1 opening weekend was about $14.5 million. Chapter 2 was about 30, $30.4 million, And then this one was $56.8 million. Mm. So that's pretty good. That's a pretty insane growth Yeah. for the course of, th- you know, three movies, really. Um not entirely unprecedented, but still pretty amazing. Right. Something I noticed, and maybe this is just me wishing that it was a thing. Um, we talked a little bit about this, but the character of the administrator, who is played by um, Robin something. I can't remember. I think it's Robin something. Uh, he plays the penguin on the show Gotham. That's right. Yeah. yeah I, I thought he's been he in some looked, other things. I thought I he looked familiar. Yeah. He's been in some other things as well, but I think that's probably what he's best known for. Right. He had uh, a little tattoo under one of his eyes. It reminded me a lot of the Clockwork Orange poster. Yeah. yeah. Again, I don't know that it was an exact nod, but right. it, it, it did remind me of that. Well, actually, what, uh, Clockwork well, Orange had emphasis on the eyelashes, <laughs> not on the eyeliner. <laughs> Yeah, D- David made the point, just like, he's really bad at putting on eyeliner. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, Ugh! Right. Uh, Mark DeCascos, who played Zero, we talked about, mm-hmm. he took the role without ever reading the script. He said, I was just such a huge fan of the first two movies when they offered. I was like, yes, I will be in this movie. Yes. I don't care. Right. Um, I will be the dude picking up garbage outside. <laughs> <laughs> I will be the catering team, Yeah. Literally. I was the Iron Chef. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are, of course, a lot of nods to the Matrix. The, the line we talked about on the, on the last podcast where Karen says, guns. guns, lots, lots of, guns. of guns. That's a direct line from the Matrix. Right. Um, the final shootout in the Continental, when they kill the power, everything's bathed in green light. Mm-hmm. What other movie have we seen that in? Yeah, I don't know, a couple. A couple of them. I think it was a trilogy. Yes. Um, and then, of course, the Bowery King, played by Lawrence Fishburne. There's a scene where he's in the rain, which is a... Direct callback to the first yeah. Matrix where he's been kidnapped by the agents and he's right. in the rain. Mm-hmm. I don't know that this was a nod. This may just be a, a fairly common Russian name, but the Tarkovsky Theater that Wick goes to, uh-huh. um, that might be a nod to the director, I believe it's Andrei Tarkovsky, Russian director who made Stalker, which is an incredible sci-fi movie. He also made the original Solaris, which is also an incredible sci-fi movie. Hmm. Uh, highly recommend Anybody who's into sci-fi, check those out. They're very um, cerebral. So don't go in expecting something like Star Wars or Star Trek or something like that. They're they're definitely like more art house, but very, very good movies. Okay. All right. So um, I I think I have just about exhausted everything for for this movie. Me Um, dose. I, uh, I really can't say enough good things about it. I love it. I can't wait for four. They mm-hmm. just announced. We talked a little bit about that at the top. Looks like they're they're trying to keep in the habit of uh, releasing every other year. Every couple so. of years, yeah. yeah. Um, I know that Chad Stileski and Keanu both have said that they'll keep making these movies as long as there is a demand for them. Mm-hmm. And I can promise you that as long as they're making them, I will be there opening night. Yes. Yeah, I can guarantee that. Me as well. Um, so that's it. Highly, highly recommended for me. I think David agrees. Agree. Yeah. Yes. Um, wholeheartedly. I've, I've seen it twice. It was awesome both times. Every part in the first, the, every part from the first one, every part that I saw in the first viewing held up for the second viewing, and I caught a couple of different neat little things. Like I didn't notice this the first time, but a continental shootout um, where they're facing all the high table guards that are in body armor. He runs up to one of the guys that has been knocked down, opens up his. 
visor and pops him twice in the face and then closes the visor and runs off. I, I didn't notice that the first time and I about fell out of my fucking chair watching I, the second uh, time. I, I feel like I, I know what part you're talking about, but or at least I can picture it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I, I can't exactly recall yeah. that, but yeah, uh, I, I saw that. I, that was I was I had to cover my face so I didn't start laughing out loud. Le- legitimately, LOLing. Yeah. Um, so that's it. That's a wrap on John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum. Yeah. Look forward to, look forward to Chapter Four. We'll coming see up. the boogeyman in uh, in a couple years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2021. 2021. I'm I'm excited for it. Um, now for our our segment, our regular segment that is shit that doesn't suck. Right, shit that doesn't suck. Um, David, you want to start off this week? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's uh, nothing new. Stranger Things two. I uh, I wanted to rewatch the second season. I watched the uh, first season twice, uh, and I wanted to catch the second season a second time before season three comes out. Is right around the corner. I believe uh, July fourth is the premiere date. So I just wanted to kind of kind of get a, a second viewing of that in before uh, season three starts. I know everyone's super excited. I'm super excited. I'm hoping that they kind of mix it up a little bit, um, do something different. I I, I don't know. Uh, I, the the second season wasn't bad, but it, the first season was a little bit. I, I don't know, um, but anyways, yeah, that's uh, that's that's my shit that doesn't suck. Okay. Uh, uh, Ted. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go way out of left field. Okay. As you know, as we've talked about both on on the podcast and just in general conversation, I'm into weird shit. Mm-hmm. I have a very diverse array of interests, particularly yeah. in terms of cinema. Um, so recently, I watched a film called Hiroshima Mon Amour. It is a French romantic drama directed by Alain Rene. Um, that's about a French French woman and a Japanese man. They have a romantic relationship um, with the backdrop of the aftermath of the Hiroshima bombings mm-hmm. at the end of World War II. Um, it's a definitely what you would call like an art house film. Yeah. It's very good. It's shot very beautifully uh, in black and white. I watched that the other night. Um, enjoyed it immensely. Enjoyed it immensely. Um, so that's my... Uh, what did you watch it on? Uh, so it's on the Criterion channel. That's right. Um, which is 10, 10 or twelve dollars a month. Um, I'm sure that even if you're not offhand familiar with what the Criterion is, you've probably seen their collection out in the stores. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're usually the most expensive way to buy movies. Right. Well, they are pricey, but you do get a lot of bang for your buck. So not yeah. only do you get the movie, but it's usually been restored. There's usually a lot of like mm-hmm. um, commentary tracks or like booklets that come with them or different stuff. So you get a lot for your monies. Or you get a lot for your money. Um, but uh, if you're into classic film, foreign film, I highly recommend that. They've got a very diverse selection of genres from all across the country. Uh, or I'm sorry, all across the world, all different countries around the world. Um, it, it's definitely worth it. Like I said, I'm a movie snob, so I find a bunch of good stuff on it. And there. you know what they do have? Godzilla. And you know what that is? A, a good segue It's a good segue. To our next episode, yes, coming very soon, um, where we will do a bit of a retrospective. Uh, retrospective is not really the right word, but we'll talk about uh, the character of Godzilla as well as some of the earlier films, and then look forward to what looks to be fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. is Godzilla: King of Monsters. Yeah, um, this is going to be an interesting episode. I, I I have my my homework set out mm-hmm. uh, for me. Uh, yeah, when we were talking about this. Uh, doing this episode, I think I listed you like four or five must-watch movies. <laughs> yeah, um, there, there's a couple of them that I need to check out, but I'm I'm excited because I I'm, I'm always down to check out new movies um, or, or old movies that have been around for a while but are new to me. So yeah, um, I'm I'm stoked to this episode. I, I know we just did a retrospective, but it, it's I feel like it's not necessarily a retrospective because it's more on the the history of right. Godzilla in right. film. So we're not gonna just be like, oh, in the the original Godzilla, this happened, and then this happened, and right. then this happened, because there have been like I think 27 or 28 Godzilla movies. A lot. Um, it would just be insanity to do that. You could do a podcast based just on the Godzilla yeah. mythos, uh, or like a entire if we podcast were crazy series, enough. right? Um, so, like I said, we'll we'll talk about the character and some of the major uh, 
major happenings of the series, and, and we'll look forward to, again, what looks to be fucking phenomenal. Uh, right. My final thoughts about that are King Ghidorah for life, and I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like always, um, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other place you find uh, podcasts or listen to them. Make sure you go to our website, geekgaragepodcast.com, for all kinds of other uh, cool-ass content. Um, you follow and like us on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And, uh, yeah, be kind, stay geeky, eat lots of cheesecake, do all that fun shit. And thank you. thank you again, Luke. You're yes, yes, thanks, Luke. <laughs> <laughs>